Our scripture today is found from Psalm chapter 90, verse 12. So teach us to number our days that we may present to you a heart of wisdom. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Teach us to number our days that we may present to you, God, a heart of wisdom. To me, that scripture talks about the moment when time finishes and you and me, we stand before God and we say, this is what we used our hours for. This is what we made of our time that you gave us. Teach us to number our days that we may present to you a heart of wisdom. So I've been thinking a lot about time. And I realized as we talk about stewardship, one of the most important resources we have is our time. And yet I never preached a sermon on it. How to be a good steward of your time. Um, Another first is... When I actually had this at home, my kids were like, cool. They have never seen an hourglass before. Y'all believe that? They've never seen one. But it makes visible something that's often invisible, which is the passing of time. And as I've looked at it, I've realized something about our time. Bear with me here. Have you ever realized how time is a little bit communist? There is no way for any of us to change how fast the, the, the little pointer goes around the clock, right? You can't speed it up. You can't slow it down no matter how much you want to. And it doesn't discriminate based on who you are. So think about it. If you work smarter, better, and harder, you do not get more time. doesn't matter where you were born, who your parents are, Did you ever realize that two-year-olds who are picking their noses and running around get the same amount of time in their days as adults, full-grown adults? That teenagers, who I think many of us would acknowledge are kind of like tiny terrorists sometimes, wonderful people sometimes, but tiny terrorists the rest of the time, have the same amount of time in their days as full-grown, mature, well-behaved adults. Kind-hearted people, the ones who light up your day when you see them, they don't get more time each day to lift spirits than the absolute jerks in the world. Same amount of time. And people who use their time very well and schedule it down to the minute don't have more of it than people who spend their days in front of the couch or in the couch looking at TV. We all have the same amount of time Every single day. And it really matters to God how we use it. Teach us to number our days that we may present to you a heart of wisdom. So let's start with how the average American spends their time, okay? And I am not saying Bee Creek is average, but here's the average. I want us to look at that for just a minute. This is from the um, Bureau of Labor and Statistics. This is the 2014, the most recent data, American Time Use Study. A couple things I notice about this. Um, First of all, 815 was like, these people aren't retired, 
Okay, so there you go. Um, it's an average. So you have work here and sleep here. Um, but did you, you want to know, my, my daughter Anna came and she looked over my shoulder as I was working on this chart that I put together based on how Americans spend their time. You want to know what she zeroed in on? Kids. Absolutely. She said, Mommy, 2% of time to kids? I want to come back to that. Um, We spend minutes a day, according to the time you study, minutes of our day talking to our kids. We spend hours of our day right here. Over three hours every day, on average, watching TV. Playing on our phones. Right? Um, This right here, this is all of the average American's leisure activities. So this is any sports or hobbies that you have. This is any service that you do. This is going to worship. They're all in that other category. They're very, very small piece of the pie. And then um, chores and shopping. I mean, I know it takes a long time at the BKVHEB, but I'm not sure it takes that long, right? <laughs> so this is an interesting graph here. And I, the question that I would ask as a pastor is, if we spend our day as the average American... Will we be able to present to the Lord a heart of wisdom? One of the studies that I read concerning this said, it was a sobering thing, and this is, this is what my daughter said almost word for word. She, she said, or the study said, the, uh, the unspoken commitment, primary unspoken commitment of every American is television. It's how we spend half of our leisure time with a screen. And I'll tell you that when my daughter saw that, she said, well, Mommy, people just need to take 10% and put it over to their kids and their relationships and, and do about 2% on TV. And I said, you're right. Because if I get up to the Lord and I say, man, Lord, I know all about The Walking Dead. Let me just tell you, okay? Or I killed it on Candy Crush, Right? Here is my heart of wisdom. Dragon veil, man, you should see my dragons. They're killing it. Is that going to be the heart of wisdom we present to the Lord? God wants us to number our days. Here's a community that realized, oh gosh, the average is not good enough. And so they began to pray this prayer. Teach us to number our days that we may present to you a heart of wisdom. And thank goodness, we know how to do it. Jesus tells us, the Pharisees thought to ask him a question about what was the most important thing to spend your time on, right? And Jesus said, it's two things. Number one, love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind. And the second thing you do, you love your neighbor as yourself. So let's start with that first thing. As I was praying about Jesus saying, first thing you do is you love God with all that you are. Well, I realized, think about this. I realized this. I have never regretted the time I spent with God. There has never been a time I was praying or worshiping or somehow reading the Bible that I'm like, man, that was a waste of time. Have you ever regretted time you spend with God? When you join this church, you promise five things. Prayers, presence, gifts, service, and story. And I've told you that those vows come with time attachments to them. 
So prayer, I've said, when you say, I'm going to pray, that means you're giving God at least an hour of your week, every week. And I've told you that that means 10 minutes a day for six days, and then we all come together and we worship and we pray. That's another hour. That's presence on Sunday. 10 minutes a day, you guys. So here I am to suggest, I've always been a little loosey-goosey about when you get your 10 minutes, but you know what I found out is if I put it off, other things gobble up my time. I want us to put God first. And so I want us, Bee Creek, to say the first thing we do every day, first thing, isn't we get out our phone and we, we check the scores or we check our Dragonvale Dragons or Candy Crush or Facebook or the weather. The first thing we do is we kneel down beside our bed or we find a quiet place in our home and for 10 minutes we talk to our Lord. We pray. And Jesus said you don't have to babble on and on. Right? So we don't, have to, we don't have to think, oh gosh, I need more than 10 minutes. I mean, you certainly can and you're going to want to, but you don't have to feel guilty if what you have is 10 minutes. Jesus said, you tell God what you need and you thank God for what he's done. And so there in the very first minutes, the 10 minutes of your day, you kneel down and you say, Lord, This is what I'm concerned about today. This is the meeting I have. This is the project that's coming due. This is what my kids are facing. Be with me. Lord God, there's some things that are going to happen today that you know but I don't know about yet. Help me to respond in a way that honors you, Lord. Be with me. Help me to know this didn't surprise you and that you're there at my side. And then... Think about that, that little sliver that says kids and the, the relationships closest to you and pray for those people by name. Lord, be with my children. Lord, be with my spouse, my mother, my father, my brothers and sisters. Whoever it is that is the closest to you, pray for them. Pray for this church, please. Prayer is so powerful, you guys. I've told you that when I got back from the sabbatical, first person I met, she said, it was Katie Franceschini. She said, how did it go? I said, it was better and more wonderful than I ever could have expected. And things went wrong, but then there was a solution. And I said, I just can't explain how it was so blessed. And she said, we prayed for you every week. Prayer is powerful. So powerful. Imagine the whole next year you give one hour every week to prayer, how your life changes, how your family changes, how the world changes. I want to show you a room that I saw on sabbatical, this little room. This is a little room that John Wesley had in his home. In fact, he didn't have it. He had to add it on to his brick home. This is a room right off of his bedroom. And all the little people on the tour that were there to see John Wesley's stuff, we'd seen how he kept, you know, there's a bedroom for preachers, visiting preachers upstairs, and there was a room where they all gathered, and we got into this room, and the guide said, they say this is the room where the world changed. You know, and you think the room where the world changed, maybe that's where he went like I did and planned his sermons, or maybe this is where the pastors got together and they divided up the circuits, or what is it? She said, this is the room that changed the world because this is the room where every morning before he started his day, John Wesley knelt to pray. 
And isn't it amazing that Methodists wouldn't say, well, it was where he stood up on his father's tomb and he preached the gospel to his hometown because they were shut out of the church, or it was Aldersgate where he felt the love of God warming his heart, or, you know, it was this field where he became more vile, as he said, to, you know, reach people for the Lord. It wasn't those places it began here. Every good thing that we will be able to do for the Lord, every blessing of time in our lives, it's going to begin with the time that we spend with God. It's going to enliven the rest of our days, the rest of our 24 hours, that 10 minutes. That's the start of it. Start there. And y'all, there's so much more. I mean, there's reading. Some of y'all have said, well, when I pray, I read the Bible. Yes, do it. Add another 10. How awesome would that be? You know, there's Christian fellowship. Some of you say, I love my accountability group. Yes. There's worship where we sing and we clap. There's all of these ways. Start with prayer. 10 minutes every day first thing. Start there. Then, as Jesus said, when you love God and you feel that love of God in your heart, then it starts to overflow. Okay? Then Jesus said the next most important thing you can invest in is people. Invest in other people. That's life-changing. Start with the people God gave you in your immediate family. You know, move some of that other, whatever time it is. You know, we have to work, right? We have to sleep. We have to do chores. But we've got some leisure time. We get to choose how to use it. Spend it on the people you love, who love you. The ones God put in your immediate care, start with them. And then, who lives next door to you? Across the street? That's a good place to go. Who has the office next door to you? Go there. Think about H-E-B and B-Cave. Help out that guy who spills the blueberries all over the floor. Help that guy out, right? There's, we're starting a reading program. West Cypress Hills, when West Cypress Hills went to start that reading program, um, the principal said, you should call Bee Creek United Methodist Church because they'll, they'll care about kids being able to read. Let your love overflow for 30 minutes a week to a child in the third grade who still can't read, who feels terrible and puts his head down every time the teacher said, who would like to read this? You be the one who says, I'm going to help you with that. And you guys, that's who we are, Right? That's who we are. I, there's a reason I'm bragging on you all the time because I love you. I'm proud of you. This is what we're known for. I knew it the first day I walked in here is that this is a church that we don't just come here and we sit and say, that's a nice Jesus message. We say, by gum, Jesus has changed my life and we're going to go make the world a better place for everybody else that we possibly can. And so we send mission teams, right? The men just got back from Guatemala, the women too, helping the orphanage down there. Our youth go down to rebuild homes in San Antonio. We build homes with Habitat for Humanity. There's one coming up. We're going to be rebuilding homes in our community for people who are at risk and in need. Um, We've got the disaster response team ready to go. When the floods hit, 36 of y'all said, sign me up. Teach me how to be on the front lines because the next time a disaster hits, I'm going. We give. I was sitting at the finance committee meeting before it started, and one of our finance people on the team is like, I am the bread truck for Helping Hand Crisis Ministry. He picks up the bread. 
He's like, I'm so proud to be the bread truck. We have a ton of people in this church who are proud to be the bread truck, to be the reader, to be the one standing at the door to greet people when they walk in for the first time. We're the ones who stand on the front lines and say, we will help you. This is not the end. It's not the end because we're not going to leave your side. So y'all, it might be ludicrous for you to hear me saying that this is ridiculous. Laura wants us to do more. Okay, yes, because I have a challenge for you. I have a challenge. We have 550 active members of Bee Creek United Methodist Church. That doesn't count kids. And the kids are active too, right? They are giving chemo caps and they are writing letters to soldiers and they are, I mean, they're, they're changing the world. 550 adults, that's who I'm talking to right now. And kids, if you're here, I'm talking to you too. We promise when we join the church to give an hour of our time, just one hour every week outside of ourselves. Imagine, imagine all of us every week doing that. Do you realize that would be like giving our community 11 full-time outreach workers? And how do we do it? By each one of us saying, here's my hour, Lord. And so what you're going to see this time on your giving card is that it not only says how much financially are you going to give, it says where will you give your hour of service. And it's okay to look at it if y'all want to look at it now. And it has boxes where you can check or what I want you to do is just put your hour there. Some of y'all I know are doing more than an hour. Put two, put three, put ten, whatever you're doing. And what we're going to do as we gather in these stewardship things is we're going to total all those up and I'm going to tell you how many hours we're putting into our community. I'm going to tell you what the goal is. At least 550. Every single one of us giving one hour a week outside of ourselves. Because of the prayer, teach us to number our days that we may present to you a heart of wisdom. Guys, I've never thought you're average, ever. You are so far above average. What a blessing. If this was average and I was like, okay, well, we've got some work to do. No, we do. We have places to move, but let's move from strength to greater strength. Let's make this prayer of the psalmist our own, our community's prayer, that we could change the world by the way we spend our time. So if you'd like that to be true today, what I'd like you to do is the first, the first um, sentence of this prayer is going to be that psalm prayer. Teach us to number our days that we may present to you a heart of wisdom. And what I'd like us to do is all say that together. And let that be the first part of our prayer today, okay? Let's pray. Teach us to number our days that we may present to you a heart of wisdom. Lord, thank you for the gift of the 24 hours that you give us each and every day. We know that those hours matter to you. And thank you so much for teaching us how to use them. May we put you first, Lord. May we be more in love with you each and every day of our lives. Move in our lives, in our time, 
And Lord, may you show us where we could serve that would make the greatest impact in our community, that would help one person, Lord, to know you, to believe good about life, to be restored. We ask that you'd show us that place, Lord, that you would, as the psalmist prayed at the very end, establish the work of our hands. Yes, Lord, we pray that you would establish the work of our hands. Amen.